to me, it feels like a tool that should be essential, uh, essential in your, in your human manual. Like when you get born in this physical body, like we don't really know anything. We're just, we're just born with this body. We don't know what it can do. Uh, we don't know why we're here. Like there's so many questions that we're not, that are not answered to us. And we didn't get a, we don't get a manual, uh, to this thing that we're here with. Right. And it feels like if there was a manual, Ask projection would be an essential part of this manual. Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast with me, Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension that death is not the end of life, that we are all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing and assistance to each other. We will be having conversations to expand your consciousness, help you reconnect with your essential self, and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matter, a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. The musical introduction to this episode is by Finnish fusion artist Axel Teslev and his song Reincarnation. Before getting into today's program, I would like to extend my deepest appreciation to you for listening to these conversations. I am producing this podcast as a way to share information about life beyond the physical because I believe that this kind of understanding can profoundly enrich our life, help us heal the hurts from our past and create a more connected, peaceful and loving future. But of course information alone is not enough. We need to practice, experience and integrate those experiences. A lot of the people I interview provide some kind of opportunity through courses, coaching or workshops for you to experience their various offerings. And if anybody you hear on this podcast resonates, I encourage you to follow your guidance and learn some new techniques from them, apply them in your life. I am also offering some really practical workshops online from time to time with a focus on energy work and the out-of-body experience. If you want to stay in the loop about upcoming opportunities to train with me, I invite you to like my Facebook page, Multidimensional Evolution, which is where I will be notifying any events. Otherwise, if you want to show your support to this podcast, I encourage you to get a copy of my book, Multidimensional Evolution, Personal Explorations of Consciousness. If you're into the topics discussed here, I promise you will enjoy the book too. And now on with today's guest. My guest today is Florentine Ionita, who spoke with me from his home in Barcelona, Spain. Florentine is a visual effects specialist with a background in movie making, including some big Hollywood blockbusters. But he has left that successful career to develop a business as an astral projection coach. That in itself is quite a remarkable life trajectory, and I think you will find the many synchronicities Florentine shares that marked out his path as fascinating as I did. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may have noticed that not everybody talking about out-of-body experiences seems to have exactly the same idea of what they involve. 
So I explore Florentine's perspective and it resonates closely with mine. And we discuss what's involved in getting out of the body with awareness and importantly why a person may want to do so. Of course, Florentine also explores what approach she adopts to help people achieve that goal. I so appreciated Florentine's vision of humanity awakening to our multidimensional nature and transforming our relationship with death and through that with life. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Florentine, it's a real pleasure to get to meet you today and have this chat with you. And I'm really looking forward to finding out about how you work with the astral projection. Awesome. I'm happy to be here and talk to you all about it. Yeah. So, uh, but before we really dive into that subject matter, I, I think it would be so interesting to find out a bit more about your background, which just from our little exchanges we've had, I, I, I've gathered is, um, you know, a bit mixed. So I know you've got Romanian background. You've grew up in Sweden, I believe, and you're now in Spain. And it would be, I'd love to hear a bit more about how that journey of your life took place. Sure. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it's an interesting journey, that's for sure. So, yeah, I, I, I was born in Romania, uh, but when I was four, I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. So I took my stuff <laughs> and I left. <laughs> I, uh, well, okay, my parents left. You persuaded so, your parents. Romania wasn't, they took me to Sweden, right? So uh, it, was, it wasn't, you know, Romania wasn't a very good country at that point. Uh, there was this dictator, Ceausescu. Uh, he was pretty much telling people when they could go out and when they could stay in. Uh, and people had to work for free. It was like on TV, you could only see him and his wife drinking tea. And everything else was banned. Like music from other countries was banned. TV shows and everything was banned. You were only allowed to see him. A little bit like Nazi Germany kind of environment. So, so they left. Um, well, we left. But... Um, we were stuck in, um, my dad left first, and then after, to, to go to Sweden and get like a, a solution for us. And then when me and my sister, my mom was going to come afterwards uh, to, to Sweden, we were stuck in Germany in a refugee camp. They wouldn't let us through, uh, and they, uh, they kept us there for about two years. Which was so did you flee? Tough time. Was it because I assume I know with a lot of the Eastern European countries it was illegal to leave, really? So did you kind of flee? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was kind of like that. It was quite difficult to, to leave. Um, it, yeah, it was it was complicated, and that's why we, we were stopped in Germany and we weren't allowed through. Um, and the German wall was still up. Yeah. And um, yeah, my my early childhood was was spent in a refugee camp which was pretty, uh, pretty toxic because they put everyone in the same place. They put, you know, all the different nationalities in the same place. They don't know that, okay, maybe, you know, this group of people and this group of people, they, they won't really get along. So there was a lot of arc, there was a lot of fights in the camp. And if you were to go outside the camp, there was a lot of racists uh, outside the camp that would be, uh, you know, they would look at you and, and laugh because you're a little bit darker than they were. You know, the racism was very high at that point. Yeah. But you know, I was I was only five, six years old, so I didn't really see it that bad. Like for me, it was uh, it was still I was still a kid, so it was okay. I was I was fine with that. It was like a, a journey. 
And then we uh, finally got to go to Sweden. Uh, I was like seven years old and uh, started school there. I grew up there uh, and uh, yeah, just um, grew up to be a, a Swedish uh, person, Swedish society. Did you find <laughs> Sweden school. a bit more welcoming than, than Germany? Yes, definitely. Like Sweden was way, way more <laughs> welcoming than, than Germany. Definitely, there wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. It was great. It was great. But there was still a lot of racism going on. Like you know, kids were still bullying you for speaking a different language, and um, it, the, the Swedish language is a very tough language to learn as well. It's not a very. It's not easy. It's, it's very complicated. So it takes. Uh, it takes quite a long time to to learn that language to the point where you speak it fluently, and and it sounds like you're not. Uh, you know, you just arrived. You know. Yeah. And you get bullied along the way for sure by the other kids. Like, oh, you cannot pronounce apple. It's pronounced this, pronounced that. There's a lot of that. But you know, then at some point you you learn and you you start speaking like everyone else and start behaving like everyone else and you you are you know a part of their well, their society. Um, and um, and that was going on for a while. I was you know integrating into new society, new world, all that stuff. Uh, but I always felt like I was I, I wanted to see the world. I wanted I didn't want to, want to stay in one place. I was never like the kind of guy that was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a house here and I'm gonna grow up here and that's it. Like I always wanted to explore much much more. And um, I studied electronics in school and wanted to become an inventor. I was really passionate about technology and inventions and uh, like futuristic stuff. And um, then during the same time, I uh, you know I watched a lot of cool movies, and there was during the time I saw when I was uh, in my teenager teenage years, I saw the movie The Matrix, which was really inspiring to me, and um, that was one of the first movies that made me question my my reality, you know, why what's going on, what is reality, what 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 is what am I seeing, how does it work, all these questions, you know, and. Um, I started to become really passionate about uh, movie making because you know The Matrix mm. is one of those movies that has such a groundbreaking uh, visual effects and film yeah. language and everything. And the way it, and, um, uh, like you said, it, it really, you know, a movie that made you question your reality, right? It, I mean, it had that impact on so many people that it drew, it drew us in, and and uh, that that power, I think, uh, I imagine that would have been part of the. The compelling nature to be able to to create something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that movie had so many things. You know, you had the the, the visual elements. You know, the the music was great. The visuals were, were great. The, the the movie was great. And then the the, the philosophical questions that they would it would make you ponder over was was profound as well. And it just made you question that big question: What is reality? You know, and what. How, how do you know if it's what it is just because you can experience it with your eyes, with your senses? Does that make it real? What is a dream? And they talk about dreams in, in, the, in the Matrix too, you know. Um, if it's so real that you cannot tell, tell the difference between reality and a dream, then how do you know if you're in the real world or in the dream world? And these questions make you think like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, hmm. <laughs> And it's just there, like a little seed in your head. And I think, um, I think with me and many other people like me, I think these movies 
doesn't resonate with you if there isn't like another seed that's planted there beforehand. I think it's almost like uh, some of us, we have this um, planted seed that we have from, from birth, perhaps, uh, where we're just, you know, some movies will resonate with us more than others. Uh, for some people, they will, they will watch The Matrix and go, oh, that was a weird movie, and they will just not even think about it. And other people watch it like, whoa, that was really, that resonated so much. Like, there's something there. Because it's almost like it's, it, it reminds you of something deeper that you somehow know somewhere and it just kind of brings to the surface. We're like, hey, this question, somehow I have this relationship to it, these, these thoughts, this why, why is that? And then you start sort of going deeper down the rabbit hole of asking more questions and, and you realize, hey, I have a passion for this. Like, I'm really interested in these things. It's, it's not just because of this movie. Like, this is something that it's there. It's been there for a while. And so after that, I started to go really crazy on making my own movies and getting more into the movie making aspects and I, I went to university to study how to make uh, movies and uh, visual effects and that kind of stuff and funny enough one of my projects that I was working on um, so we had to do like a short movie in one of the uh, lessons is cool and I was like sitting in my room like thinking about different topics and different things I could create and I the the I had this idea of making a, a movie about about dreams and it just came like a meditation like I was meditating like okay like what should I make what should I make and I ended up making this little short uh, movie that was about how there's this like main character he he's laying in bed and he uh, yeah, he just goes to bed he goes to sleep and then as he falls asleep his soul comes out of his body and flies through the window and then you get to see like more souls flying around in the city up different windows and they go up to the sky and then you get to see like a shot from above the clouds how different souls like fly into these different small light portals and they disappear and then sometimes there'll be uh, two souls or multiple souls coming into the same uh, portal and so we get to see like two of these souls like colliding and entering the same portal and then we enter that portal with them and the portal kind of reveals that's like a dream environment where these two uh, souls now materialize into their physical bodies and they're like, oh, they're seeing each other for the first time. And they and they go go about this dream environment and they have, have a shared dream experience. Um, and it's still a cool short movie. Uh, back then, I had great ideas and a lot of ambition, but I, I wasn't really, I didn't know how long it took for to make things like this visually. Mm. And so we filmed everything. We, you know, we had a green screen studio, everything. We filmed the intro. But then when it came to actually do the visual effects, uh, we realized that, fuck, there's so much work to be done because every single environment was, uh, was, had to be created from scratch yeah. uh, in the computer. And at that time, we, you know, I didn't have the resources. So it ended up just being um, a draft in the end. But what was interesting right. was that I was on this topic you know, early on, without even reading about lucid dreams or reading about right. any of this stuff, it was that's completely something that just came. Yeah, me. that's what I was going to ask. Had you had any influences at that stage? You said you meditated, kind of. You were meditating for inspiration. Um, yeah, but even that was something that I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I knew. This was when I was like, uh, I was, uh, you know, nineteen, twenty. I didn't really know meditation. I just knew that, okay, I'm going to lie in my bed and just close my eyes and I'm just going to think. I'm just going to sort of imagine what 
I want to create. That was the way that I would, that would always be the way that I would sort of come up with um, all my visual, like all the ideas that I want to create later on. I always had to, um, I always go in my, in my mind and I'm able to just kind of like visualize everything that I want to create and like all the effects are being created in my mind first, edited in my mind, the sound is happening, like the whole movie is, is already created in my mind and then I just have to create it physically in a computer with the tools that we have. But it always starts here and it's always finished here. And then when I'm actually doing it, I already know exactly what I need to capture, uh, which angle, what feeling needs to have, like everything is already done in my mind. So I just have to go out there and do it. Mm. And I think that's one of the skills I've had since, uh, since I started with, uh, you know, with all of this stuff. I just, I'm able to visualize things very, very well in my mind before I go out there and create them. And so, so it's fascinating that you had these visuals of out-of-body travel and so on before really having you know, connected with it in, in, in a way that, like read books or anything about it. So how did you, so you were, you were at university in Sweden? Was this where you studied or? Where? Yes, university in Sweden, actually really far up north, uh, a place called uh, Luleå, uh, sorry, Colletio, um, a, uh, <laughs> a place where it, it's like minus 20 degrees. And when you go outside, like your, your nose freezes. So you breathe, there's like ice in your nose. Um, and uh, high snow, but it's a beautiful place. Like it, the snow, that's really beautiful snow, really high level snow. And there's like, like all, you know, the trees are white and like the kind of wintry landscape you would expect when you think about Sweden. But we only have that up, up north in Sweden. Uh, lower, it's always melting. You know? And um, it was the perfect place to actually to study because you don't really want to go out because it's too cold. And so you have to be indoors and you don't feel bad about sitting hours and hours working on projects um, because mm. you know there's nothing else you can do anyway. And I was extremely passionate. Like I was always working really, really hard. And um, I remember I was working, like we had different subjects in school that we had to complete, but the school wasn't very intense. It was quite, quite, quite relaxed. There was a lot of free time. And all that free time that we had, um, a lot of the students were playing video games at that time. And I was never into that. I was like, wow, this is free time. I can spend this free time on creating something. So I was always used that free time to create a new project or to work with some musicians to create a music video. Or And most of the stuff that I learned was actually learning through doing it myself, through through actually having an idea and then just going out there and trying to, to make that happen and learning everything on the way. And I think that's a really, it's a really good way to learn a lot of things is learning by doing and not expecting yeah. to have someone that's going to give you everything on a silver plate and, and, um, and, and learn like that because yeah, the, the school didn't do that. That's for sure. The school just yeah. gave like the basics, you know, the basics. And now if you want to get, if you want to get a job, well, you actually have to put in a lot more work uh, on your own. And so I did that. And then when I, when I finished school, I had a, a, a showreel, a portfolio, that was very attractive in the industry, and I was able to get a, a job like straight away. There was no, yeah, there was no difficulty. I just got a job straight away in Stockholm, capital of Sweden, uh, working with commercials, and um, yeah, that was really cool. Like working on TV shows and commercials, so I would see my work on TV, and that was that was one stepping stone. And like, wow, 
this is great. Um, but I always wanted to work on Hollywood movies. And so yeah. I was always kind of looking like, okay, how am I going to get there? How am I going to work on a Hollywood movie? How is this going to happen? And um, I remember there was that time when I was, uh, before I started with this whole thing, I remember I was, um, I, uh, before I, you know, started on this journey of becoming a filmmaker and stuff, I, I remember looking up at the stars and I was thinking, you know, one day I want to work on a movie like The Matrix. You know, I set that up, up to the sky. And um, then when I was in Stockholm and I was working on commercials, uh, there was this, I was, uh, I remember I was on a date with a girl watching uh, Iron Man 1 in the cinema. And um, I loved it. It was fucking amazing. You know, that movie, it's just, it's, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. And the visual effects are just amazing, right? So I remember when the, when the end credits came up and I was, uh, I was I was on a first of all I was I was on a date with the girl and I was pretty much ignoring her the whole time just been completely sucked into the the, the movie I, I don't think I spoke to her through the whole movie I was just like sucked into the screen and then when the the uh, the end credits came I remember thinking like oh you know I wanna I really want to work on a movie like this like you want to see I your name on those part. credits yeah. yeah I was like I really would, it wasn't, it wasn't about like seeing my name on the credit. It was more about like, I want to work with this type of quality with yeah. these people, with this, with this, it wasn't the, the fame aspect. It was more just the, the creative aspect and the, you know, just want to be a part of that. And, um, it was really interesting because two years after that, I got, um, mm, I got an opportunity to work in Melbourne on a uh, TV show for, um, for kids, an animated TV show for kids. And um, they promised us like a, a four year, four years visa. So it was like a full-time thing. And it's quite a difficult thing to get a full-time job in the, in the visual effects industry. Usually you always get projects here, projects there. So I was like, oh, great. Get to live in Australia in the, in the warmth and also work on uh, with visual effects. Oh, great. So I left Sweden and I moved to uh, Australia. I moved to Melbourne. And I was working on this TV show for kids for uh, a couple of months. And um, after three months, uh, the, uh, uh, the owner of this company came down to, to the studio and he's like, sorry, guys, you guys have to pack up and, uh, and leave. We're closing the company. Um, our, our, uh, <laughs> our people messed up the economy and we have no money left. So everyone had to just pack up and, and, and leave, like straight away. And we, we didn't get paid for the last you know, month of work. It was a disaster. Some people came with, with their whole families, you know, relocated to Australia from a different country. It was crazy. And uh, for me, I was like, oh, shit, okay, I have no work. Uh, I need to, I need to, you know, I need to get another job because I didn't, I didn't expect this to happen. So I wasn't, I didn't have the possibility to even pay, you know, my next upcoming rent or to pay flight back to Sweden. I was like, fuck, I'm stuck here. So I was just sending my CV all over the, the, the country. And, uh, you know, straight away I got some responses and I got to work on some, uh, some TV shows like Neighbors, one of the famous one in Australia. And then I got this email from one of the companies I applied in Sydney, uh, where they said, hey, we like your stuff. Do you want to come to Sydney and work on a Hollywood movie? Uh, I'm like, oh, 
fuck yeah, of course, that's what I want to do. I want to work on Hollywood movies. But they wouldn't tell me what movie it was. It was like, it's secret. We cannot tell you. You have to sign a contract, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, at least it's the Hollywood movies and this company is really famous. Let's do it. So I moved from Melbourne to Sydney. And um, I remember the first, so the first day as I'm walking to the, the studio, uh, I saw this big poster on the streets of Iron Man 2. And I was like, wow, they're going to make Iron Man 2? Wow, I have to see it. That's amazing. And then five minutes later, I entered the office and the producer tells me, you're going to work on Iron Man 2? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. this, is not, this is not real. What, what are you saying? But I was like, yeah, of course. I was trying to keep it cool. Like, yeah, Very professional. Cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very professional, <laughs> but super excited. And then later on that week, I was walking back from uh, one of the, the clubs in, in, in Sydney, uh, coming, up, coming back home, and I was walking past uh, a street in Sydney, and I saw this big waterfall on that street. And I looked at that waterfall, and I was like, this waterfall is very familiar. Where have I seen this waterfall again? And I realized that that waterfall was actually, uh, this, that street was a scene from The Matrix. They filmed one of the scenes of the Matrix on that scene because you know the Matrix was partially filmed in Sydney. Right. And so here I was walking on the, you know, working on Iron Man two and uh, walking on the street where they filmed the Matrix. So it felt like, oh my god, like all of those things oh. that I was that I wanted to happen yeah. is coming together, and it's it's beautiful it's, synchronicity. It's Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so interesting how life works like that because. Obviously, when I got fired or when everyone got fired from that company, I thought, oh, shit, I'm doomed, you know. But because that happened, that opened up the opportunity for me to take a shortcut into getting to where I actually wants to go yeah. uh, quicker. And it's interesting how life works like that. A lot of times I feel that life does that. Like it's like it's, it knows where you want to go and it's like it, it makes it possible, but not maybe in a, in a smooth way. It can be quite a rocky way, but it's, it takes you there quicker. <laughs> So that's that story. Yeah, that's awesome. So now you're in Hollywood, you're working on Iron Man 2. Um, how did what happened then? Did you stay in Australia or did you end up going to the US or? Um... Uh, so I, I started to feel like, fuck, Australia is pretty far away from um, the rest of the world. It is far away. And yeah. I felt a bit isolated, you know. And I felt like I was really missing my family and I felt like it wasn't really fair for me to live so far. And, you know, to, just to fly home, it was like $2,000 um, $2, or something. Or, and you have to fly, what was it, 24 hours or yeah, from Sydney, something yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, it was two flights. It was really far. It was too far to be able to imagine having a, a full-time life there. So I stayed for a couple of movies more. And then I decided that, you know what, I want to... I want to go back to Europe, and I want to I want to live there a little bit, Sorry, visit my family and all that stuff. Um, and then it didn't take uh, take take long until I I moved to uh, to Thailand, and I started working in Thailand in Bangkok with okay. uh, TV shows uh, for uh, like Thai Thailand Thai commercials and Indonesian commercials as a supervisor. So now I kind of up level to like, okay, now I have all of this knowledge and now I'm uh, supervising instead. So now I'm telling other people what to do and I go on sets to um, supervise the effects. And that was a lot of fun too. But again, you know, it was like a little, 
I think during that time I was really interested in traveling, you know, and I was using my 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 work to be able to also explore other places and, and stay there for a long time. So if you go on vacation, you can stay a couple of weeks, right? But if you actually go somewhere to work, you can you can be there for years or yeah. months. So I came to Thailand, I stayed there for a couple of months and um, really enjoyed it, it was really cool. Then I came back again to Sweden and then I moved to, uh, I think I moved to Ireland for a project, for a vampire movie. And then after that, I moved to London. And in London, I stayed for about five years uh, working on um, um, uh, Man of Steel and uh, Total Recall and a bunch of other movies like that mm. in really big visual effects companies. And then I was kind of getting a little bit bored, to be honest, because I felt like, okay, now I worked on that movie, that movie, like, what's what's next? Mm. Am I going to work on the next Avatar? Is that going to make me happy? What is it that actually makes me happy? Like, what's the point now? And I realized that it was more about that I wanted to create my own things, really, that would pass, passionate me as an artist. Just working for someone else, building their vision wasn't... Uh, wasn't that appetizing anymore. And um, yeah, and during this time, as I was in London, uh, you know, exploring uh, the world of London, I, I was getting more and more drawn into spiritual uh, uh, circles, retreats, um, meetups, yeah. and I was searching for something. Uh, that was very prevalent in my life. Like I was always, I always felt like, okay, there's, there's something more out there that I need to understand. I was trying to find something that was uh, tangible, that was really, uh, that was speaking to my rational mind, I think, because what I, what I, what I noticed is a lot of uh, the spiritual uh, places I would go to, they would, they would use very wishy-washy language. <laughs> and I guess to my rational mind, it didn't really resonate. It was always yeah. like, okay, so what does that really mean? this energy coming this way, that way, like it was too abstract for me. Can I ask you, was there something that prompted this quest? You know, was this something that, was there an event or, or something or just a, a slowly growing sense of there must be something more alive? Uh, yeah, good question. So what was prompting it, I think, uh, if I look back now, was I was very, I was very into, uh, to electronic music and so I would go to different electronic music festivals and um, like one of them for example Boom Festival, very famous uh, festival in Portugal every two year, has this very interesting combination of music and um, art, uh, psychedelics and spiritualism and you know they have a healing area, they have meditation centers they have speakers talking talking about consciousness. Um, you know, they have a lot of lot of interesting things that are uh, from the community. And I think being exposed to that uh, was was the main reason because I, I got to start to explore this this other side of reality through yeah. through psychedelics. One of the one of the things you know one of the things that I was experimenting with. Um, ayahuasca ceremonies, uh, you know, different things like that. And um, 
one night then, you know, after the festivals, these festivals for anyone that hasn't been like, they're the most transformative things you can do. You go to one of these festivals, uh, especially boom festival, boom, like seven is it? day ads boom. Yeah. Where, whereabouts in Portugal, whereabouts in Portugal is it? It's outside of Lisbon, mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of, uh, this beautiful nature area with like uh, water around it. And, it's like paradise. You go there, the whole place is built from scratch with artists from all over the world to come and build up all kinds of, um, uh, you know, things. And it's huge. It's, uh, it's like a village. It's a little bit like Burning Man, but it's not that big. And it's not um, mixed with all types of uh, people. It's more like the community of electronic, the electronic dance uh, psychedelic community. And, um, you know, people camp, people get really, people are very close. The, one of the things with these festivals is that people are very, uh, very, it's like a family. Like the whole place feels like you're hanging out around with, with, uh, with your soul family somehow. Everyone's very friendly. Uh, everyone's very helpful. It's very clean. Uh, everyone's, you know, really taking care of the environment. They, they don't, there's no garbage on the floor like other festivals. Uh, you know, people aren't, um, um, destroying things people aren't fighting it's, it's very peaceful you know very peace and love very hippie kind of yeah <laughs> kind yeah. of vibes and at night you you party you know you go and dance you listen to artists but during the day you you go to different uh workshops maybe different yoga workshops or energy healing or maybe you listen to a speaker that talks about something and through those uh those channels i started to sort of learn more about uh, these things and it was it was resonating a lot with me and when I came back home you know back to to London I was um, it's like you come back from a seven day of a festival like that and you come back to the, you know you go to the airport the first shock it's like whoa yeah. like civilization <laughs> you know because you've been living in a tent you're living in nature for seven days with a very different tribe and then suddenly you're you're now um, in London and there's everyone's very you know walking very fast and no one's looking at each other no one's everybody smiling. walks very so cold, fast very... in london right that's a real yeah. thing in london fast yeah. walking <laughs> yeah yeah and you really get to feel the that the contrast like boom suddenly you're you're hit with this um intense uh place where people are very cold to one another and um <clears throat> you yeah you really feel like wow my soul was so happy at this festival what was it that made it happen that, that connectivity that the things that we we're talking about the the meaningfulness of the whole experience and you wanna you want to have that when you come back to your home you want to keep uh, you, you kind of search for that afterwards so I was searching for different uh, communities that had that essence and that had something interesting to teach uh, and, and continuing exploring uh, the topics, different topics like you know energy work or meditation. Like it was, it was interesting, very interesting stuff. And so, and what were one the, of the things was that? <clears throat> sorry, I, I was going to ask. You know, what were the key? Were there sort of some key? Um, you know, schools or individuals or, or things that that stood out that that then had a big impact on you in your quest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what happened was, you know, 
in my in different ceremonies that I went to, uh, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies, and uh, I, I realized, you know, I asked these people, like, wow, this, you know, this is the experiences were so profound, they're so uh, you know psychedelic, obviously, and you really get that sort of proof of something more happening that you, you know, like you, you get to see things that are beyond this reality, this physical reality. And it opens your, your mind up to the fact that there is more going on. So it's like a, it's a good way to, to get into these things. I think, um, just see the, the broader reality like that. Yeah. And then people talk, start talking about how that, you know, that, you know, you can access these states. You don't need to use any plant medicines. You can actually access these states, uh, with meditation, and I was like, oh, "Really? How? Like, well, there's this, uh, you know, there's this uh, something called acid projection, out of body experiences." And I was like, "Oh, what's that?" I was very curious to hear, to hear about that. And uh, I think there was during one of these uh, uh, festivals that one of the uh, English uh, it was an English couple that I met there that recommended me recommended me to check out uh, one of the workshops in London. Uh, uh, one of the meetup groups in London uh, called um, The Journey of uh, Truth, I think it's called, by Todd Akamizis, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who's a out-of-body uh, teacher, right? So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So the first thing I did when I came back, I started to, you know, I looked up the, those uh, meetups and I started to go to the, uh, the meetups and started to meet that community of the astral projection community of, of London, the underground, you know, kind of astral projection community that was that was learning these things, that was going to retreats, that was, was practicing this uh, in groups. And that was just extremely fascinating to me because it was for the first time I felt like I was going to a workshop that was speaking about really practical things that you could do uh, and you could basically verify these spiritual concepts for yourself. And before that, I always felt like I was going to different, you know, meditations and I wasn't really getting anything tangible. It was always like, oh, just close your eyes and just imagine this and feel this. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not really getting this. But as I was entering this, this new community with the astral projection groups um, and learning about this topic and then uh, going to like nine day, you know, like an intensive retreats where you get to actually spend every day practicing uh, and, uh, you know, you have a specific diet, you, you practice every day, you talk about it every day, like you're completely immersed in that topic for uh, a good week with other people. So all, everything you do is, you know, all you do is just talking about that subject and, uh, and practicing it. And that's, that's a very good environment to sort of program your subconscious mind that you want to have these experiences because you're not distracted by anything else, right? So um, uh, one of the nights in in these workshops, I had um, my first experience that was um, very uh, very convincing. You know, to the point where I was just like, okay, this is this is far more than a, a dream. So maybe maybe you could talk us maybe you can talk us through that. Was that while you were applying a technique, or was this at night? You'd gone to bed after the workshop, um, and 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 you know what, what what how was that experience? Right. So um, my first experience was I was um, 
Yeah, we we got the uh, we got the uh, soundtracks, we got the instructions, and we were to go to to our bedrooms and start uh, with the um, with the practice at night. Um, well, I think it was either at night or it was in the morning. Anyway, and um, I, I I didn't know what was gonna you know I didn't know if I was gonna believe it was possible or not, but I was like I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do what you know the the routine. I'm gonna do this thing and see what happens. And um, I can't remember if it was on uh, which which night it worked on, but one of the nights I I had this experience where I was. I was hearing this buzzing sound in my ears, and at the same time, I was also hearing birds and uh, like a, a kind of a, a you know the sound of a creaking little water creek river mm. kind of floating. And this wasn't a birds. recording. This was just this was this the, mm. this wasn't an audio recording. You you just heard that. Oh yeah, so that's good yeah. to explain. So now the audio recording was was. Uh, uh, I think it was silent at this point, so there was no, um, there was nothing there. But this was there was sounds that I was that was, I was hearing. Uh, so suddenly, I, I, you know, I was I woke up in this specific state, which is which is the you know this in between state that you have to get into. And I I felt like something was different. Like I felt the feeling that there was a there was a strange feeling uh, that I didn't experience before. And I kind of knew like oh, this is this is new, and I could hear sounds, nature sounds, that were very crystal clear, that were happening all around me as if I was like sitting in nature somewhere. And I could see through my eye mask, and you know, we were wearing something like this, very thick eye masks, which you, you cannot actually, if you try to look straight into the sun with this eye mask, you don't see anything. It's, it's very, very solid. But I could suddenly see through this eye mask, and I could see the the room that I was in. I could see the ceiling. I could see everything, and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is is happening. Like I am out of body. I am somehow in the middle somewhere." Um, and of course, I got very excited. Um, and what happens, you know, when you get too excited is that the, the experience ends. And it's very interesting because as a visual effects artist, I'm looking at things with with the you know the visual effects kind of eye where I'm able to uh, analyze things in pixel detail to, to think about how would I recreate this in a computer. So when, when the trip where this experience was ending, I, I could see this, the blackness of the physical mask came on in my vision like a smoke, like a smoke effect that was like very subtle, very kind of beautiful, just like a smoke mm. that was covering my eyes. And then this is black. basically as your your consciousness is shifting again from that non-physical back into the physical, and then it's... Closed. Yeah, exactly. And then the sounds disappeared. I couldn't hear any sounds of nature. I was now, it was just silent. And I took off the mask, and I was, you know, in my room, and um, <laughs> and I woke up my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, who was asleep, and I was like, oh my God, it worked! And then she got really excited, and she took my headphones and she's she like, okay, I'm going to try it now. And she, she put her headphones on and then she uh, tried to practice. Uh, <laughs> and she didn't think it was going to work, so she just went to sleep, right? Yeah. Uh, but then when I had the experience, she got really interested and she started to um, uh, practice. And then she had experiences as well. Uh, and it's one of the, the things that was interesting that when you, your mindset is so important, you know, if you think it's going to work, 
if you have that belief because you, you have that confidence because now she had the confidence because I managed, right? Uh, she was able to do it because of that. And I think with the belief that, oh, this is probably not going to work, I'm probably not good enough, then it doesn't really work. You need yeah. to have that strong desire. Mm. Yeah. So uh, the next day, actually, what was important about this experience, that the next day we we, we, well, we, were, we left the house, we were in this kind of house in the middle of nowhere uh, doing this retreat uh, in Ireland. And we left the house and we, uh, we went for a walk around the, the area. And about 200 meters or something away from the house, there was actually a lake that was, uh, had a little, little river there. And there was birds in the tree. And all, all of the sound that I was hearing was actually happening outside the house, but it was very far away from the house. Like It wasn't something that I could possibly hear from the room that I was in. Mm. And that's something that uh, I've experienced many times after this experience that you know, when you get in a specific state, you can actually hear sounds from the environment that you're in, but like, you know, extremely amplified to the point where you, you hear, if you, like if I'm in London, if I was doing the practice in London, I would hear people talking as if they're sitting in my room having a meeting, you know, like super clear voices speaking around me. Uh, if I'm in nature somewhere else, I would hear the nature sounds. And it's always congruent with the environment. But I mean, I hear the, the sounds from the environment. But you hear with, with another part of you. You don't hear with your physical ears. You hear with your consciousness mm. in, a, in a way. And that's why you can hear super far. Well, this, this and that was a bit of a confirmation for me at that time that, okay, this, the sounds I were hearing wasn't like my imagination. It was actually happening uh, that we're here in this environment. And the things I was seeing wasn't an uh, imaginary view because I, was, I saw the room exactly the way it was. Uh, and I could not do that with my open eyes because I'm wearing a thick eye mask. So yeah. those little clues was enough for me to go, wow, okay, this is uh, this is something else like this is this is real you know the stuff that these people are talking about in these workshops uh, their experiences is actually real it's not just uh, an imagination and one of the things that was interesting about these workshops was that we had our mission we had the missions and our missions was to go out of body and meet the other participants in the living room and exchange uh, passwords so everyone would have their own password that they wouldn't share with anyone else but they had to share them when uh, they are the body in the living room and uh, during that workshop you know three people had a password exchange and that's super fascinating you know that is that is really great uh, great evidentiary value for um, some kind of non-physical exchange of information right people can maybe yeah. still, still uh, speculate telepathy or something but even that is um, conscious beyond beyond the physical Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was curious then. Um, it sounds like that really, you know, the doors have been opened with the hallucinogenics. This now opened the doors of your own volition and to realize that really you can step into this, this, this other form of perception, other form of experience. Um, I don't know if this happened straight away, but I, I'm, I guess I'm curious where you landed in terms of your paradigm, you know, your framework that you now use. Because one thing I found doing this podcast is that not everybody who's into out-of-body experiences has the same 
you know, entirely the same understanding as everybody else as to what's happening and how it all kind right. of together. So I'm curious what you're, you know, where you are, like, what do you think, what are kind of the key elements, you know, in terms of is the consciousness leaving the body? Um, what happens outside of us? Is there non-physical consciousness, those kinds of things? So my understanding of astral projection, right? Uh, so I really like the fact that we have a technology right now uh, in the world that we can use as a reference point. So the way I see it is <clears throat> I see the um, I see lucid dreams as you would see your your uh, let's say your laptop, your computer, right? You're able to so if if you would say that you know the laptop is is you your consciousness uh, with lucid dreams you can explore your consciousness you can explore your own sort of consciousness as as you would explore your own laptop like looking into the hard drive you're looking at different files that's on the computer um, and that's everything that's within you and then with astral projection is like you're connecting your laptop to the internet and you're able to explore beyond your consciousness, beyond your computer, and you can explore other other networks, other computers out there, and you're able to communicate with the rest of the, the world with the, with, the, with the internet and with the ass projection, you're able to communicate with the rest of, I guess, the, the universe. And... Um, I mean that's that's just profound. Just just thinking about that is absolutely profound. Like, what where where is the limit then? You know, there's some there's it's a very limitless thing to do. What's also interesting is that the 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 edge between your consciousness and the broader consciousness isn't sharp. It's not like it's that's where it's a little bit different. Like it's not like you're you know, when you're when you're entering the internet, you, you it's very it's a very sharp line. So, uh, when you're going from the computer uh, to to uh, an outside of uh, another computer, it's very it's, it's you can it's very clear. But with uh, with these experiences, sometimes it can be very blended, and uh, it's almost like a spectrum. It's not necessarily just like okay, now it's this and now it's that. A lot of times they're kind of blended into each other. So are you talking um, about blending? Practice. Blending between individuals, so individual consciousnesses, let's say. So is that what you're referring to? Or blending between no. spaces, so perceptions of dimensions, say, different dimensional perceptions. Where's the blending? Or I mean more like, uh, I mean just more like it, it's not always uh, a clear sort of line when, you know, when your consciousness finishes and when you're entering... The, the broader consciousness that's not a part of you. It's almost like you're you're interconnected with everything else. And so, you know, when you're experiencing, when you're, when you're out of body, you can be experiencing uh, different projections that come from your subconsciousness, uh, from your sub subconscious, right? Uh, and you can experience objective reality as well. And sometimes they can be quite blended. Yeah. So it's not always... Clear, like okay, this is that and this is this. Like they can really blend into each other, and that's why you need to kind of. That's why people see, you know, you know, they they manifest their fears and that kind of stuff because yeah. it's a very interlinked thing. <clears throat> so if I understand you, if I understand you right, you're basically saying um, that, which is what I would. So this is what I, how I see it. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking you see it the same way. 
that there is a, in a sense, an objective reality, what we call astral, in the astral dimensions, let's call it that, um, that's kind of objective in the same way as the physical reality is objective, but yeah. that we, um, just as we actually can do in the physical, right, if you, if you go into a space with certain expectations, certain fears, you perceive things through this lens, but in the, in the out-of-body state, that lens becomes much stronger even and, and we literally see things appear yeah. or so on that overlay an objective reality. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, in, in those dimensions, thought forms can, then, can be manifested as, as things, as objects, as, as environments. And that's why it's, uh, you know, you need a lot of um, repetition, a lot of experience, a lot of, um, you, need, you need to know yourself really well to be able to discern, okay, what is coming from me and what is coming from, what is actually there and what is my own projections. You need to get really deep with your own psyche. You need to really know yourself very well. And, uh, and you, you know, you do that by, ex by exploring, by experiencing, by, by practicing. You get to understand more and more about your, your psyche and, and what's there and what's not there. <clears throat> yeah. And um, so I should, I should say for the listeners that, um, uh, you know, what I know about your work is basically based on a couple of videos that I've seen. So unsurprisingly, that's the medium in which you communicate yourself. And you've got some really um, interesting and sort of engaging videos about your work and how you work with astral projection on your website. And um, in one of those videos, you talk about how um, for you yourself, having to overcome challenges is what really helped you and helps you now to um, coach others through their challenges. And so, yeah, I was curious what, if you could talk about, you know, a couple of those bigger challenges that you had stepping into this space. Right. Um, so, really there's the main two challenges that people have, that I have as well, that I used to have in the, in the, at, at those days, is the fact that either Either you fall asleep <laughs> or you stay awake and nothing really happens. And um, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating, both of those endpoints, because you, you don't know why it's happening and you don't know why you're doing right and why you're doing wrong. And so I was experimenting with that a lot. I was like, okay, why is it that I fall asleep sometimes? Why is it that sometimes I don't fall asleep? What, 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 what makes that difference? And I started to really analyze my practice as a, as a scientist would do with their experiments in the lab by actually recording every single detail of the, of the practice. And I saw every single detail as, a, as an ingredient for the experiment. So, you know, things like what time did I go to sleep? How many hours of sleep do I have? What food did I eat? Um, how did I feel? Um, uh, what, uh, what methods was I using? There's so many factors to the practice that if you don't actually if you don't record them if you don't really write them down you're going to make the same mistakes over and over again and you're not going to really know what was successful and what was not successful and so i started looking at it as a scientist okay i, I tried this i got this result okay so i probably should try this instead i tried that okay i got this result and i was constantly doing this like trial and error testing different things and i started to figure out uh, what was working because you know my mind is working as a as, I'm a very technical kind of person so I need to always 
look at things with, with, with like, you know, logical reasons and technical aspects. I don't look at things as like, oh, it's just uh, an energy. I just felt this way. And I'm very rational in the way that I, I think about things. And I think this practice is a very technical practice. And so you need to know all of the, the ingredients that goes into to have, having the, uh, the out-of-body experiences. And so I started to just, I slowly started to realize what was the things that made me fall asleep and what was the things that made me stay awake. And I started to create my own technology, uh, my own soundtracks, my own system uh, to help myself be able to stay away from those two pitfalls. Okay, I don't want to fall asleep. So what do I do? Okay, I need to do this. Okay, well, you know, so working with, with sound uh, technology and using my, you know, my Hollywood movie background in editing skills and creating different uh, sound effects and all that stuff, I managed to create different soundtracks that help me to, to remove these two problems. This, that's the main two problems, right? Yeah. And then so as I these, got deeper I just check, are these, into... Are these soundtracks in the sort of binaural beat spectrum or are they a uh, different kind of... Um... Right, so... These soundtracks are, uh, they're not one thing. They're like a mixture of multiple things. That's also what I found was that it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you just need to listen to vinyl beats. It was really that just listening to vinyl beats doesn't really uh, take you very far. A lot of people try that and they fall asleep or, or nothing happens also. So there was, there was more that was needed. Um, I use that as well because I think it, it helps. But um, I also use hypnosis. Um, I also use um, different... Uh, triggers and uh, different um, sort of awareness triggers because people lose awareness throughout the meditation so they need something that brings them back into consciousness <clears throat> and I also use different um, meditations with my voice that helps you to get in different uh, in the right states and to feel um, emotion in the right state because you know one of the th things that people experience is frustration and so what I do with my, with my students is I, I want them to feel that they're really enjoying the practice. I want them to feel that it's a pleasant experience. And so the soundtracks helps with that, helps with their emotional states, so that they're in a, in a good emotional state uh, during the experience and also after the experience. So that it's not something that they see as, a, oh, this is so annoying. I have to put these headphones on, listen to this buzzing sound. No, it's actually something that they enjoy putting on and they makes them feel good even if nothing happens maybe that time that they practice they still enjoy the actual process and that's super important yeah you know getting into the right state of mind is clearly important and i get the sense also from what you said before that uh, in your coaching practice i'm i'm assuming you're quite you'll focus on empowering people right to believe that they can to have the right mindset to enjoy the practice um but what do you right, see, so what do you see as the talk about that yeah well i was going to ask about the purpose right because i think that's an important factor right what's the intention why are we why are we wanting to go out there and um i uh you know you, you like i have the sense from from watching your videos and, and so on that you're very committed about um that knowing of this and understanding this can have a really positive impact in the world and so I was curious what your vision is around that, you know, and what, what purpose um, you see for people to, to pursue out-of-body travel. Right. <clears throat> okay, well, so it's, I, see, I see at this 
practice as a tool for being able to get in touch with a broader aspect of yourself and also uh, a tool to understand the, the bigger picture and a tool to be able to um, communicate with deceased loved ones. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with this tool. And I think it feels like, to me, it feels like a tool that should be essential, uh, essential in your in your human manual, like when you get born in this physical body, <clears throat> like we don't really know anything. We're just we're just born with this body. We don't know what it can do. Uh, we don't know why we're here. Like there's so many questions that we're not that are not answered to us, and we didn't get a, we don't get a manual uh, to this thing that we're here with, right? And it feels like if there was a manual, uh, astral projection would be an essential part of this manual because. You know, if you are if you're a soul that incarnated in this physical body, well, then you for sure want to be able to uh, leave this physical body and you know find out why you why you're here, uh, what your mission is, uh, what karma you have to resolve, or you know, there's so many questions around it, and it feels like this the, the way that we live our physical life right now, there's nothing really that gives us these answers. We're just led to either you know take on a religious belief and just believe in something that someone else tells us. Or we just choose to not believe in anything, and we just, uh, you know, we just have this belief that this is the life that we have, and that's it. When this life is over, that's it. There's no more you, and um, there's so many things that's wrong with with all of that. And I think the the right way would be for people to know the answers to all of these questions and know where they're going afterwards, and know that their relatives or you know loved ones when they die that they don't disappear and and that something horrible happens to them. But actually, you know, be able to see it as a as a more of a transition, as a more of a wonderful thing. Like, hey, now they're finished with this life, and they're going to continue with a different journey. And wow, that's amazing! We should celebrate it. We should be happy. We shouldn't be crying and feel trauma and be like destroyed for for a lifetime. I think there's so much pain uh, in this in this life because we don't know the answers to mm. what happens afterwards and what happens to a loved ones. So there's so many things that needs to be solved, and I think that. With astral projection, uh, it, will, it will give people the tool to be able to have these experiences that would help them uh, solve a lot of these uh, mysteries and a lot of these painful questions that they will have. So really, that's my mission with what I'm doing is to, to make the, the experience possible for more people. So the, the way that I go about that is basically trying to find the, the, the methods and the um, you know, creating systems that can really take the you know an average person that has never spent you know years meditating or anything to become someone that can have these experiences on a regular basis. Mm. That's really the, the whole goal is to be able to help more people to have these experiences. Because let's face it, if it's only a few people that are able to do this, then it's not. I'm not making a big impact. It has to be something that anyone can just pick up and and uh, follow a system that's going to take them out of body so that they can have those experiences uh, quicker and more effective. So really that's the, that's the bigger vision. And I think in the future, I also want to be able to work with more teachers because I know that just being alone will make a huge impact. So I want to be able to teach other people how to teach so that more people can teach to more people and that we can really start a wave of having this knowledge come out there more people to know how to do this and really waking up to the, the full potential that we have as multidimensional beings.
that's kind of the big, the bigger vision. Yeah, it's a lovely vision. I, I really, really resonates. You know, and what I found interesting doing this podcast is I've had a number of people like yourself who are dedicated to out of body experiences in their teaching and work, but also uh, pretty much just about everybody else I've had on who doesn't necessarily make this their focus has had them and found them profound and has had them as a, you know, they've, they've always been a profound part in, in people's transformation of their perception of themselves and, and life and all those things that you mentioned, you know, really shifting our sense of um, our place in the world as multidimensional beings rather than just as purely physical. So yeah, it's yeah. Really important, important goal, I reckon. Absolutely. And, and to be able to have the experience for yourself and have the, uh, you know, get the answers for yourself and not rely on someone else telling you like, Hey, this is what you should believe. Uh, because we know how that gets manipulated as well uh, a lot uh, through different uh, social structures that we have, yeah. but actually having the tools to like, Hey, this is, this is how you go out there and experience your multidimensional self by you, by your, on your own. And, that's very empowering. So I really want to empower people with with that knowledge and with the with the with the system that's going to make it happen for them personally. Yeah. You know, there there are so many people out there that spend years reading books and and uh, and and really reading up on this knowledge so much, and they want to have the experience. You know, and uh, it, they they come to me because they're like, hey, I've, I've been reading so many books. This is so interesting. I want to know everything about it, but I don't know like how to actually do it personally. Like, can you help me? Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, you yeah. see that on Facebook uh, in those various groups, the different astral projection groups of which there are quite a number. There is um, regularly people that are like talking about how long they've tried to have these experiences and, um, you know, struggle. And every now and then there's someone there who says, I don't want them to have them anymore. I can't stop them. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. a rare thing, but I've had that. <laughs> I've heard that as well. Yeah, that happens too. Um, but yeah, so, you know, what I found with, with teaching people how to do this is that it's not it's not uh, enough to just tell them, give them the instructions. It's like, hey, do this. That's not that's not how it works. You uh, you know, people need much more uh, to learn something like this because it's a very abstract thing. And most things that we learn in life, we learn by uh, looking at someone else and uh, we see what they're doing. You know, we maybe as you know, as a kid, we look at people doing doing something, and then we we'll just copy them, and we learn by copying other people. But when it comes to astral projection, it's hard to copy someone because you don't see what they're doing. You just see yeah. someone lying down, closing their eyes, and I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? So there's a lot of it's a, it's a challenge to be able to, uh, to successfully communicate all the pieces of the puzzle that they need to understand to recreate that experience in their own system. And um, the way that I've done it now is that I realize that people have, you know, first of all, uh, people have fears perhaps, or people have different mindsets. So in the, in the early part of the, the program that I teach is we go through the different uh, uh, belief systems and mindsets and we work on fear uh, you know, every student gets their own personal uh, soundtrack that actually uh, is designed to help them with their own personal fears. So, you know, some people have fears of, of uh, maybe uh, not coming back to their body. So we have to talk about that. So, you know, you cannot really uh, 
it doesn't matter how powerful methods you get to get out of the body, if you still have a bunch of fears, that's going to hold you back. So it's very important that we, we deal with all of that mindset stuff in the beginning before we actually embark on the journey of, of learning how to do it. And then when we actually learn the methods on how to get a body, uh, I teach people the, the three main methods that are out there. Uh, and that's there, you know, people, a lot of people think there's like millions of methods, you know, like there's a rope method, there's the, but that's always just uh, like branches to the bigger trees. And the bigger trees are, you know, you either do it through uh, sleep by transitioning from dreams to lucid dreams and then lucid dreams to astral projections, or you do it upon awakening from sleep. Uh, the very first seconds upon awakening from sleep, you can exit uh, your body, or through deep meditation which is one of the most famous astral projection methods of getting yourself in a meditative state and get yourself into that. Um, and then by teaching people, you know, all of these three methods, everyone is different. So some people is going to resonate more with one and some people is going to resonate more with, with the other. It's important to give them all the tools so that they have uh, something to choose from experiment with. And then after that, it's really, an, uh, becomes an experiment that they have to do with themselves and what we are aiming to do, uh, what I am aiming to do with each person is to actually find their projection blueprint, as I call it. And so understanding that everyone is different, uh, everyone has a different lifestyle, they you know, different sleep hours, different diets, everything is so different with every single person. So everyone is a personalized approach to their, uh, to their projection. So we need to basically work together to track every single detail of their of their practice so we have these systems that every single practice that they do they track in the system and we can see if you know okay what what things did you do last night when you practiced oh you slept four hours okay and you had this experience and you had you felt this way okay let's try it this way and we we constantly use the scientific method the same method that i use to experiment on myself i use it on my on my uh, clients so that they get to experiment with all the different ingredients to find the winning ingredients to create their own projection blueprint that works for them, the, pers the personalized approach, basically, because not everyone is the same. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really uh, the personalized is really important with this. I think with like actually with so many aspects of life, right? Even things like diet and exercise and all those things, personalized is great. But it makes a lot of sense with um, something as subtle and intricate as as astral projection. And I'm curious um, how you see the role of extra physical helpers in helping us get out of the body. So we do everything right, you know, we diet right, we sleep right, we all those factors. Um, but then we are going into interdimensional space. So I guess I'm curious how you experience the role of, of helpers in that context. Yeah, so I definitely, you know, experienced the helpers. Uh, um, I, 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 you know, met, I met with my guys, and and it's it's really interesting how they are able to help us in in many different ways, not just with knowledge, but also with the actual leaving the body. I've had uh, um, several experiences where, you know, I I feel a a hand that's gently pulling me out of body, you know. And, um, and then, you know, that's, that's one of the things you can actually, you, you can, um, if you're scared, you can freak out if someone grabs your hand and pulls you, right? But that's one of the things you have to let go of 
when you're in this state. You have to let go of fear. You have to let go of the idea that someone is after you and is going to hurt you. And just think in the opposite way. Okay, someone is actually going to help me. This hand is trying to help me to get out of body or trying to tell me, trying to take me somewhere, you know, like a disembodied hand in the middle of the air like, that wants you to, to go out there and grab their hand. And it can look scary from our perspective of that we have because we've been watching too many scary movies probably and we have this freaky mindset, right? Mm. But if we just move past fear uh, and actually trust these hands and these helpers, they often have something to share with us and they want to help us. And also they're, you know, they're not just there when you're out of, you go out of body. They're also around when you're in physical. They're, I think they're always around uh, helping uh, from their own, uh, from and in whatever way they, they can. And usually if you if you call upon them and if you ask them for help, they will show you different synchronicities. They will um, maybe use uh, numerology to communicate with you or they would use, uh, what I found is very interesting, is they use uh, movies and films, uh, you know, TV shows, that kind of stuff to communicate with you. You might have a question that you, you, ask, you ask them and then you just turn on the TV and that <laughs> there's someone saying exactly the answer to your question at that point. Uh, that kind of stuff. Or in your case, they might help you lose a job so you can get a better job, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my case, yeah, when I look back at all of the, the things, it's, it's, um, there's so many things that, that, was, you know, that I can see now, that, okay, all of these things have to happen. And what, one of the, the, the bigger things that I've seen uh, lately is that you know, for, for, for me, Having gone through you know over 12 years of working in the film industry, uh, you know some people might see it as a as a distraction that maybe I should have been meditating instead, or I don't know, astral projecting for 12 years instead, and that would have been more valuable. But for me, looking back now, it's like wow, that's been that those 12 years has been like a preparation for me to be able to do what I'm doing now because with with all the skills and all the understanding that I have now with, uh, with technology. I'm able to create some very profound uh, tools and learning material uh, that I wouldn't have been able to create otherwise. With, with this knowledge that I have, I can really create some outstanding uh, stuff that can really resonate with people. And that's one of the things that I also think that, you know, especially the younger generation, you know, they need, they need cool videos that's going to inspire them to, to start something like this. You know, if you see it, a really cool short movie where someone's like leaving their body, flying into space. It's like really well made. Uh, that's going to make you much more interested than if you see some tacky video of like some still, I don't know, some one of those horrible out of body videos out there <laughs> where, uh, you know, yeah. it's so inspiring to see a uh, good quality content on, on these topics. And I, and I like that Hollywood has gone into, you know, doing, doing Dr. Strange, uh, one of the one of the cool one of the cool movies on the topic, beautiful visual effects, and it's really inspiring to see these things. Yes, I, I must admit, with that one, I was a bit disappointed with the storyline. I was so looking forward to the um, to the movie, and then the the yeah, but um, <laughs> but I agree. Um, like you know, you offer a particular uh, product, and that's something I've certainly noticed. Um, seems to me in the, in the last 10, 15 years, there's been a sort of a different approach seems to be emerging, different, um, uh, all, all these different ways of teaching 
around this, you know. And I think that goes back to what you were saying before that different people need different ways of learning, and um, it's it seems yeah. there's, there's more variety on offer now. Yeah, I think, and also I think that's a, that's important to say that I think that's a good thing that you know everyone is doing it their own way. Uh, different teachers teach in in different ways. So I don't see other teachers in the world as my competitors or something like that. I see them as uh, we're on the same team. We're all here to do the same thing. We're trying to bring this knowledge to people. And the fact that everyone is uh, bringing it in a different way is good because that's going to resonate with different people. So that, that means more people will be able to embark on this journey. You know, not everyone is going to resonate with, with, uh, with my way of teaching. Uh, but then those people will not resonate with someone else's way of teaching. And in that way, we can, we can touch more people and bring more people into this beautiful uh, experience. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I really see it as a, uh, you know, the multidimensional um, kind of structure of, of consciousness is that trying to help us here in the physical become more aware are trying to yeah. work with us in so many different ways, right? And we're all kind of just little... Um, little cogs in this process of trying to connect and touch people. Um, yeah, that's actually definitely, uh, I just felt the goosebump now. Uh, it's definitely the way I feel about my journey here. So I feel like some, some sort of a con conduit from, uh, you know, my guys trying to help humanity to wake up and I'm like uh, some sort of a channel through them, uh, through, through me, they can uh, sort of uh, manifest these things here. That's, I feel that very strongly. That's some. That's kind of like what I'm doing in a way. Like I'm, I'm channeling something that's coming from uh, from them that they want people to be more, uh, to, you know, people to wake up. That's what it's all about to wake up their multidimensional selves. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Mm. Um, one thing I was going to ask you about is something you mentioned in your videos. Yeah, and that's where you talk about us traveling. Yeah, one of the things that, that astral travel opens up is the ability to travel through time, you know, backwards and forwards. And the first talk I ever went to on astral projection, the, the speaker made the same point. You know, you can go back and see the dinosaurs with your own eyes, you know. And I personally, that's certainly not been my experience that I've kind of gone, well, I want to see, you know, Louis the Fourteenth, you know, in his castle or I want to see the dinosaurs and... Um, uh, yeah, so I, I was curious whether that's been your experience that you've kind of had um, choice and going going back to certain periods, or um, how that's happened for you. So, so in my case, you know, there's been certain experiences where it's been, and it's usually been retrocognitive, so so memories around myself, where you know, in looking at it as a timeline, I've been back in time and had certain experiences or remembered and seen certain experiences that seem to relate to myself in, in different time zones. Um, and, you know, that might just be my limitations. I'm sure there's people that have much greater choice around that. But, but how's that been for you, this sort of time? Well, that's, uh, first, that's not something I've been uh, exploring. I haven't even attempted to go back in time and go into the future yet. So I don't have any experiences with that. And when you you said you did it, did you did you attempt to do it many times? Was that something you know you really wanted, or how was no, that? No, no, it was spontaneous, and it was um, like I said, it was really 
you know, I, I, even not so much time travel in the sense that it was just, um, uh, it was past life experiences that I was reviewing or living. And there were things that would arise in times when in my physical life I was stuck with things, you know, there were certain certain issues I was really struggling with and they re- they seemed to relate to those past lives. So then I'd have those experiences in my sleep and it would bring clarity and, and some sort of emotional release. Uh, right. Yeah. So you, so was that a mission that you had or was that something that just happened spontaneously? Like I think you said yeah. that already. Yeah. No, it happened. Basically. It just it happened. Good. Yeah, it just happened. I mean, it was a mission in the sense that I was very actively trying to overcome certain aspects, you know, certain phobias or, or, or pains that I held, you know, psychological pains. I was really, really struggling, you know, trying to... So in that sense, but I didn't um, think, oh, well, tonight I'll do it that way, you know. That, that just then emerged as a, as a result. Right, so you, you got what you needed, basically, yeah. out of the experience. Yeah, and I find that's something that can happen as well, where you, you, know, you might want to have a specific experience, but then you get a different experience and you get the one that you actually needed. Almost yeah. a little bit like psychedelics can also be like that. You, know, you might want to have a great time with your friends, but then um, <laughs> you, know, you take some mushrooms and they are like, hey, there's something that you haven't dealt with here. There's an emotional uh, suppression that you haven't dealt with. So here you go deal with this now and you're like oh fuck and it's a bit like that like sometimes you get experiences where you uh, you're, you're you're drawn to a completely different place than you want to go because it's like your higher self is taking over and driving at that point and maybe wants to teach you something uh, that you need to learn in that very moment and maybe it's not what you're necessarily want to do but it's something that you that's good for you yeah, And that's also one of the things that uh, people need to know is that you can actually, you know, you can let go of the control and be more like, okay, I want, I don't, I don't want to control this time. I just want to, you know, take me to where I need to go to grow or take me to where I need to go to, to, to heal myself or to heal my traumas or whatever it is. Like take me where I need to go to uh, where, where I have, where it's good for me, you know, where it's going to benefit me. I don't want to control everything and think that I have all the answers because a lot of times you don't. And it's uh, sometimes better to just let the, big, the bigger aspects of you uh, controlling the experience and taking you to the places that you need to go to, to heal or to grow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I already share that, that sort of approach. Yeah. And also to provide assistance. So I'm curious, is that, is that form part of your Framework, you know, to, to providing assistance out of the body. You mean if I were to go outside and help go to body, help people go to body? Well, help people get out of body, or help people. Um, you know, you mentioned you listened to the Gordon Finn um, interview I did. He talks about helping people who've just died um, to kind of adjust to their life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about that kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not an area that I've been focusing on. And um, yeah, you know, f- for me at the moment, what's really important is to be able to, uh, to, to really help people get out of body in the first place. So I'm focusing all of my time on and efforts on actually um, solving that main issue. People are stuck and they want to get out of body. Okay, how can we solve, how can we make this as effective as possible? So all my time is really going to that. 
Now, when at some point when I feel like okay, this this issue uh, is now uh, as good as as it possibly can get. Of course, I'm a perfectionist, and I always want to improve things. You know, I always want to make it better and better. But at some point, I'll feel like okay, now I've I'm happy with this, and now I can focus myself on helping people with uh, with other things. And you know, I can see myself uh, creating programs on maybe you know how to help people. Uh, with, with the transition phase, or you know, so you teach other people to to help other people that have passed away, uh, or or people help you know train people on how to do specific missions, specific things. So you know, you now you've learned how to get out of body. Okay, what do you do now? Where do you go? How can you use this tool to uh, to for the better good? And so then you know, I'll have to create a different uh, programs for that, so that I teach people that. So really, a lot of my my time goes into uh, to teaching other people, and then at the same time, I am spending my time as well exploring on the side and trying to get more knowledge and understanding myself, and and um, being able to communicate with my guides and also getting instructions on you know what what is the next step, what is the most important next step at this point in the process because there's there's so much to do, and it's like you can really get overwhelmed with. All all of the things that you, that's possible, but I have to like narrow down. To, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to do at this moment? What's the what's the most logical, you know, what's the best step at this point in time? And how can I, uh, I how can I grow and, and get you know more people on, on board to help me uh, to to expand this to the next level to get more people to learn and really make a, a big big change in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have a big motivation like that, then being intermittently overwhelmed is a is a part of the process, right? Because you just have this vision of so many things that you could be doing, and and yeah, taking the next step, as you as you say, is really important. Yeah, but you know the beautiful thing about this um, is that when I, I feel I feel very strongly that when you do something that is for the for the for the better good, like for the for humanity, for for a big cause, you you get a lot of help. Like I see a lot of synchronicities occurring constantly. They are in, in my favor because it's like the universe is uh, really supporting uh, someone that wants to create something or to improve something or to do a positive change. The universe supports that. So you constantly get help. So even though it seems like oh, it's a massive mission, uh, it's, it's a pleasant mission because things are lining up for you in a beautiful way so that you can actually, uh, so like you can actually do it, I guess. A metaphor would be, like, you know, how Jesus was trying to walk across the, the ocean, and the ocean was opening up uh, for him. And that's kind of, I think, how was, I feel about what I'm doing right now. I think that was, was Moses. Moses, right? Moses, sorry. <laughs> Jesus just went over <laughs> yeah, the top. Moses. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is um, is making it much more easy, much more easy. I think with. Uh, Perhaps with other businesses that might might go against uh, you know universal law or so might be you might find a lot of difficulties to to move forward. But with what I'm doing right now, I feel like it's so it's just so smooth. Everything just uh, works out in a, in a very perfect harmony. That's great to hear. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a really good support team. <laughs> yeah, they're there. Yeah. So look, I think um, I think we'll we'll wrap it up for today. So if people want to, you know, get in touch with you, um, 
maybe just just maybe just talk a little bit about what would happen if somebody reaches out to you, hey Florentine, can you coach me with out of body work? How does that how does that look? Right. So um, the the best way is to really to understand what I'm teaching and how it works and all of the questions that most people have. I've, you know, I've created a, a whole structure of uh, videos that explains uh, what they need to know about everything. And so if they go to my website, they will be able to just click play and get all the information that they need. And then if they have any uh, questions that, you know, you know might, might be a personal question that they want to know, then they can just uh, chat with me uh, through the website or they can contact me on Facebook. I'm very, you know, I'm very official on Facebook, so they can get in touch with me on Facebook. They can, they can chat with me directly. Yeah. Okay, that sounds easy. And you know, your website will be the details will be with the notes for this podcast. Be, uh, um, right. Yeah. You can say it now. Elastic Mind. Elastic Mind, I think, is the name, right? Elasticperception.com oh. Elastic. uh, forward slash start. Uh, that's the uh, that's where you start forward slash start. So, but you'll put it in the description so people will be able to, uh, to yeah, click yeah. on it, and that's the easiest way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is uh, if you go there, you'll be able to enter the rabbit hole, and that's where you get started. <laughs> it will take you through everything you need to to to, to know, uh, all the way to how to uh, learn this skill and uh, start having your own experiences. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. It's been really lovely to get to know you and have this chat. And um, I look forward to seeing your your school grow and you know lots of people having OBEs through your through your teachings. Yeah, me too. I, I just had a person joining two days ago that had a experience on the on the second on the first try after joining the program two days ago. It's it's very inspiring. Nice. Uh, and and this is. And this, this is just bringing us closer and closer to what I want it to be. You know, I want people to be able to have success quick, quickly and easily so that we can actually make a successful uh, change in the world uh, so that people are able to wake up their multidimensional selves. So I'm looking forward to have more people join the program, um, get to know me, and uh, get started, with, started working with me. And thank you so much, Kim, for this interview. It was very nice. I haven't been sharing so much of myself in a, in a video before, so this was uh, this was very uh, those are interesting. Thank you. Yeah, for, thank a, for that. it's a great story. Thank you. I really hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you did, why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it. The tune "Seeing Us Out" is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, you'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, 
share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies. <laughs>